hello and welcome back to my channel. I did not post anything for a long time and I apologize for that. I was too busy with my schoolwork and getting ready for all my exams and everything. This episode will be the continuation and final episode of my Great Depression mini-series. The previous episode was all about the cause of the Great Depression. To summarize, during the Roaring Twenties, a lot of exciting things happened in America. Mass culture was created, new and revolutionary for that time, technologies were introduced such as washing machines, refrigerators, radios, vacuum cleaners, and such. The 19th Amendment was passed. This event offered new opportunities to women. Now women could work and build careers instead of just cleaning and cooking and taking care of the household and its members. At the same time, the agricultural sector suffered from supply and demand issues. Farmers couldn't sell all their harvest. Many people abandoned their farms altogether and went to live in the big cities that were growing. Another challenge for farmers came in 1929 and lasted for 10 years, the Dust Bowl. It was a devastating drought phenomenon where winds removed the top layer of soil in the southern Great Plains. This was caused by the uprooting of all the natural gas grasses to plant the to plant the crops that the farmers would sell. Three million tons of soil was blown off from Omaha from Oklahoma towards Washington, D.C. and New York on Black Sunday, which happened on April 14, 1935. Banks, meanwhile, lent money to to people to purchase cars and houses. Many people invested their newfound riches in the New York Stock Exchange market. However, once time came to collect principal, not just interest, on those loans, banks realized that people simply didn't have the, don't have the money to pay it back. At the same time, people started to spend less money, the pay didn't rise, and steel manufacturing slowed down. All of it contributed to a massive stock exchange exchange market crash, first in London and a month later on October 24, 1929. The U.S. unemployment rate went up to almost 25% and those that managed to keep their jobs received huge pay cuts. Of course, by the 1930s, it would go up to, it would go up 607% from its norm. So today, let's talk about the measures that were taken to bring the economy up out of the slums. As of 1930, the United States government ordered the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act that increased taxes on imports. They were hoping to increase manufacturing and trade with other companies. However, the opposite happened. As the Depression spread to other regions, European countries raised import taxes on American goods in retaliation. This slowed American manufacturing even further. So some information on this. In 1922, the U.S. had already put, conducted an act that the, I forgot what it was, that brought the tariffs up to 40%. This increased them even further, thereby spreading the depression to other countries. The only country that was unaffected 
was the world's sole communist dictatorship at the time, the Soviet Union. However, they were still having massive, um, let's just say famines, and while they were industrializing, and it actually helped the Soviet Union and not the rest of the world while this happened. But the Soviet Union was the only country that was completely unaffected in a bad way by this. So, let's get back to the... In an effort to uplift people's spirits, President Herbert Hoover declared that the worst was already over in March of 1930. He assured people that the economy was only going to get better from here. However, as we know, his promises couldn't be further from the truth. Food was becoming more and more scarce. The prices kept on rising. Resentment of foreign workers increased and, and the riots broke out. To top it off, on December of 1931, the Bank of the United States in New York went bankrupt with about $200 million of deposits. In 1932, the U.S. government established a Reconstruction Finance Corporation that lent $2 billion to people who who assist with home loans and mortgages. Later that year, in 1932, people tired of empty promises elected Franklin Delano Roosevelt to be their president. FDR didn't have a set plan for the recovery, but he worked hard and met with Congress every day for the first 100 days of his time in office to discuss and find solutions to the desperate situation. In 1933, FDR proposed the New Deal. It included that changes to the fiscal policy, where instead of bringing Instead of balloting the budget, the government was creating deficit in order to fund new government agencies and programs. In order to slow down people from withdrawing their money from the banks, also known as the run on the banks, FDR initiated a four-day bank holiday where people couldn't get to their money. Emergency banking acts were passed where banks could operate under the Treasury supervision as well as Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, was created. This was intended to ensure deposits of up to $2,500. This move slowed down the runs on the banks and created somewhat of a stability in the communities. So basically, what FDR did was that he closed all the banks and told everybody, no, you can't have your money. We need to save this for stability of the of the communities. The next step to help the country out of the depression was to inflate the currency. However, it couldn't back be done because couldn't have been done because since 1879 the US dollar was backed by gold. FDR made the decision to take the dollar off the gold standard and therefore forced people to turn in their gold to the government. In return, people received paper money. So basically, people had all this gold. However, whenever they took the dollar off the gold standard, everybody had to take all their gold, turn it into the government, and instead receive paper money. So you lose all your gold that holds its value, and instead you get all this fluctuating paper money. And that's not so good.
at least in my opinion. As the banking system was set to recover, FDR turned his sight to creating jobs. He added jobs in national and state parks, authorized the building of, of hydroelectric dams in Tennessee Valley, and created 4 million jobs in public and art projects. Now that was good. That was part of the deal. Social Security went into effect in August 1935. It provided financial security to elderly and disabled people. In other words, if you can't make money, the government gives you money. In 1936, FDR gets reelected, but his New Deal policy started to fail. The unemployment started to rise again, and Congress had to authorize another $3.75 billion to keep the economy going. Although FDR's New Deal solutions offered a short-term relief and carried the country through the Depression, a real solution came with a decision to declare war against Japan and get in, and to get involved in World War II. Spending on military, building of tanks and aircrafts, commissioning of warships, and developing of new weapons delivered a great boost to the economy and finally ended the 10-year depression. So in other words, though all the 400,000 American lives lost and the many more such as the 24 million lives lost by the Soviet Union and many other lives lost. The United States economy greatly grew, and some could argue that it was a good thing that all those lives were lost in World War II because it brought the U.S. economy out of the dumps. However, the U.S. economy didn't really end out of the Depression until after the World War ended. People make a common mistake of assuming that it ended in 1941. It ended in 1945. But other than that, some could argue that the cost of the war wasn't worth its gain of getting the U.S. out of the dumps. However, however, there is a lot of controversy about those subjects. So, I can't exactly tell you what to believe. Well, now that was the end of the podcast. And I promise I will have more content posted on YouTube and on podcasts soon. And that it will not be this long before every single podcast and every single YouTube. Alright, well that's it and goodbye.